I want to share with you today one of the most colorful stories, I think, from the Bible. A story that on first glance may appear to have nothing to do with Unitarian Universalism, but which, upon reflection, may just have everything to do with Unitarian Universalism and All Souls Church and the world that we find ourselves in at the beginning of the 21st century. It's the story of Pentecost from the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place, the followers of Jesus. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like a rush of violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Forked tongues as of fire appeared among them and rested on each one of them, a tongue on each one's head. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem at the time, and at this sound the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in their own native language. Amazed and astounded, they asked, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and pagans, Cretans and Arabs. In our own language, we hear them speaking about God. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others sneered and said, they are filled with new wine. <laughs> new wine. And what does our crazy pastor think that we can learn from this story? Well, let's look more closely at what happens here. Basically, a group of Jesus' followers gathers together after his death, and no sooner have they met than the wind starts kicking up and wreaking havoc all over the place, and, and then fire flashes down from out of the heavens in the form of forked tongues. Each of the tongues then rests on the head of one of the disciples, and the people start to speak in strange languages, language that no one has ever heard before, languages that shouldn't be making any sense to anyone. Now all this ruckus begins to attract some attention 
people start to gather around to see what's going on, and this being Jerusalem, a crossroads of the Roman Empire, it's a fairly diverse group that gathers around to watch, hence the names of all those ancient, unpronounceable cities that I had to read. They all gathered round to watch the disciples trying to discern whether they had been anointed by the Holy Spirit or touched by new wine. Now it's often said that the miracle of Pentecost is, the spirit, is this spirit-given ability to speak in tongues. In fact, to this day, speaking in tongues is seen as sort of a, a, spiritual, a sign of spiritual giftedness. When, I had to, uh, when you enter seminary, you have to take this battery of sort of personal inventories and exams in order to get into seminary. And one of them is an inventory of spiritual gifts. And on that exam, one of the questions they asked me was, you know, do you have the gift of speaking in tongues? Being a Unitarian, I translated that and I raised my hand and asked, is that the same as the gift of the gab? <laughs> I know a lot of preachers who have that. <laughs> but this is the story from which the ecstatic religious movement called Pentecostalism derives its name and inspiration. But the wind and the fire and the strange languages, these are not the miracles of Pentecost. The miracle of Pentecost is that here you have all these people talking about God in some strange language, but everyone who is listening hears in their own language. The Parthian, the Mede, the Judean, the Cappadocian, the Mesopotamian, they all ask, how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? What happened at Pentecost back then is sort of like what we see happening at the United Nations building nowadays. You know, one person will speak, but everyone has those little earpieces on, and they're, they're listening in their own language, thanks to the people in the glass booths doing the translating. But in this story, it's the Spirit that does the translating. That's the miracle. The miracle of Pentecost is that a diverse group of people started talking about God in different languages, but they all understood one another. The miracle is not the tongues. It's the understanding. Now, if the Pentecostals want to claim this story as their creation myth, I won't begrudge them that. But I think Pentecost is actually the creation myth of Unitarian Universalism. I mean, think about it. Think about this church. Here at All Souls, are we not a diverse group of people speaking about God in different languages? Are we not believers and agnostics? Don't some of us pray while others of us meditate? Isn't Jesus central to some while others have a soft spot for the Buddha? Don't some of our families celebrate Passover while others honor Easter? Aren't we just like the folks at Pentecost, a quirky mix of people all talking away in our own languages, all trying to make sense out of life? 
And yet we come together with this Pentecost faith that though we may speak in many tongues, we're all going to understand each other. We come together with a faith that spiritual diversity is not a hindrance to our religious growth, but rather an asset that because of the multiplicity of our experiences and our languages, we will discover a fuller, a richer sense of the Spirit. Some fear that God can get watered down in translation from one language to another. It is our faith that God gets more multifaceted and complicated in translation. Some fear that the Spirit is lost in translation. We at All Souls have faith that the Spirit is indeed found in translation. For me, that faith is confirmed as I look around this church and see people in the classes I teach and in the covenant groups that I observe. I've seen them come around a table together, come around a chalice from radically different points of view, listening and understanding one another. I've seen the expressions on their face when that understanding happens, that aha moment that sense of connection that comes when that connection is made. That's the miracle of Pentecost happening all over again, right here in our church, right here at All Souls. So part of what I want to say today is that I believe that we are on the right path when we come together as a diverse community of faith, Every once in a while, we get anxious here at the church that maybe we can't hold all this pluralism together, that perhaps this little experiment in Pentecost is getting to be too much. Today, I want to affirm the spiritual diversity we have here at the church and to encourage us along the path of spiritual deepening that comes from the kind of dialogue that we can have at a Unitarian Universalist congregation. But I want to make a larger point today, too. I want to argue that this Pentecost faith has implications beyond the walls of this or any other church. But before I make that argument, I need to share with you another story, another story this time from the Old Testament that illustrates a radically different way of understanding this issue of religious, of diversity and pluralism. You may be familiar with the story of the curse of Babel. A long time ago, human beings, it seems, had gotten a little full of themselves and they thought they could match the gods in power and prestige, so they undertook to build a tower that would reach all the way to heaven. Well, according to the biblical account, as a punishment for their pride, a curse was placed on the human race, the curse of many languages. 
God, the gods gave us many languages so that the people who had previously been of one race speaking one language were now given many languages, each unintelligible to the other. That'll teach them, said the gods, for believing they can be like us. And they decreed that the human race would forevermore be divided. So here we have two stories in front of us, written hundreds and hundreds of years ago. But friends, I can't help but believe that these two stories frame for us the essential predicament of our contemporary postmodern world. We live in the age of many languages. Not because there is more diversity now than before, but because different cultures and peoples have been brought into closer contact because of our global culture. We have this situation where neighbors possess not only a different spoken language, but different cultural and different moral languages. So we don't just have different ways of saying the word right and wrong. We have different understandings of what is right and what is wrong. We have different moral vocabularies. I believe that at the beginning of the 21st century, the human race faces the choice of either living into the miracle of Pentecost or suffering the curse of Babel. The question is whether we will find a way to respect difference and bridge it through listening and understanding or whether we will allow difference to divide us and curse us and turn us against one another. I'll tell you right now, when I look around the world, I see a lot of signs pointing straight to Babel. America is divided into red and blue Barbed wire separates Jews and Arabs in the Holy Land. Churches across the globe face schism due to profound cultural differences. Phrases like the clash of civilizations have become acceptable ways of talking about the geopolitical situation. And then what are the avenues that we have to bridge these divides? What does our culture offer us to foster dialogue and understanding? Crossfire, AM talk radio, Hannity and Combs. Friends, if we don't change course soon, we will have brought the curse of Babel down upon our own heads, not to mention the heads of our children. The choice is between this vision of the beloved community represented by the miracle of Pentecost or a vision, frankly, of hell represented by this story of the curse of Babel. Now, you guys probably get sick of me repeating William Ellery Channing's line, I am a living member of the great family of all souls. But I repeat it so often 
because I believe that this is the central affirmation that a human being can make in this day and age. That's got to be our statement of faith. We all must begin to learn to live into the reality that the human race is one family. We all must live into the miracle that is Pentecost by committing ourselves to practices that foster listening and understanding across difference. You know, I like to say that we just can't say that we're going to be members of the great family of all souls. We have to take responsibility for being worthy members of that family. We have to take responsibility for our own actions by seeking out diverse communities and working to make them laboratories of reconciliation and justice. We need to work together to dismantle systems of oppression that tear us apart. We need to cultivate practices of dialogue across difference, learning the arts of listening to others' stories and sharing of our own selves. These are the practices that can lead us to the miracle of Pentecost. You know, in the Bible, the Holy Spirit did all the work. But I don't think it's going to work that way nowadays. I think that we need to pick up our fair share of the work and carry it forward by educating and equipping ourselves to be responsible members of the great family of all souls. We must engage in this reconciling work not only to avoid the curse of Babel, not only to save our world from cultural and ethnic and religious conflict, though that's a very important reason to do this work too, but we commit ourselves to being responsible members of the great family of all souls for an affirmative reason as well, because of the promise of this miracle of Pentecost because of our belief that we have much to learn from our particularities and our differences, and that we can blossom into richer selves because of this work of reconciliation, that we can be saved by insularity, that we can be saved from our selfishness and delivered into a fuller sense of our humanity. In other words, we seek community amidst the chaos of our postmodern world, not simply to avoid being lost in translation, but out of a deep and abiding faith, a Unitarian Universalist faith, that our deepest selves our truest selves will indeed be found in translation. May that be our prayer today. Amen.